In April of 2022, a gripping episode of Cold Case Austria was aired, recounting the mysterious case of an unidentified young girl whose body was discovered hanging from a tree in Spain. The program featured numerous interviews of police officers who worked on the case, as well as multiple theories which could help identify the girl. The episode generated quite an awareness in Austria and was viewed by people all across the nation. Among them was a lady who remembered multiple flyers being distributed by a family who was trying to find their daughter who went missing decades ago. And just like that, the episode managed to solve the disappearance of Evie Anna Rother who went missing from Italy in 1990. has a crime a victim its suspects a theory and an ultimate perpetrator sometimes the crimes are so puzzling that to lay out a perfect timeline police need to ponder on every theory which would ultimately lead to the day and time of the crime other than a handful of theories that i found on the internet this unsolved crime is one of the most baffling cases i have ever read about Let's go back to the beginning. Hi, I'm Dhanvi and this week we are taking a trip to Europe. Before I start though, I just want to add a disclaimer that I'm not a professional when it comes to investigating a case. I am just a person who enjoys listening to true crime stories. The facts of the case presented in my content are taken from reliable sources and anything other than the established facts is a mere speculation or a fan theory and should be treated as such. It's the 1970s. The youth is trying to maneuver their way into the world and become a self-sufficient and unconstrained force. And our main character was no other. Evie was also one of those who were seeking a new form of liberty. Being born in the 1970s, Evie Anna Rother was one such individual. In September 1990, at age 19, Evie finished her vocational degree in accounting. and managed to get a job in an export company being a multilingual spokesperson she knew how to communicate in four diverse languages like italian english german and french before starting work on 11th september she decided to visit her sister cristina in florence italy who was studying at a university using the train as her mode of transportation she traveled for 400 kilometers and reached her sister's house on 30th August. They spent time together that weekend, going out for pizzas and having fun since they didn't get to spend their time together often. On Monday 3rd September at dawn, the two sisters had breakfast at home at around 8 a.m. At 9 a.m., before going away to her university, Christina asked Evie for her plans for the day. Since Evie didn't plan anything particular for the day, She mentioned her desire to visit Siena since it was only about an hour away from Florence. When Cristina returned from the university, she found a post-it note from Evie stating that she had in fact gone to Siena, and since it was only an hour away from her sister's apartment, 
Evie did not take any kind of luggage with her. She took 60,000 lire, around 30 euros, her train student pass and an identification card which was issued by the government of Italy. Christina's day went ordinarily. She expected Evie to return in the evening, which did not happen. But she didn't think much of it as Christina thought Evie might have decided to stay for the night, have a break and then return in the morning. But she did not return on the morning of 4th September likewise, which raised all kinds of flags. Christina contacted her parents back at home in Lana, thinking Evie might have gone home for some reason. But her parents denied, stating that neither she ever came back home nor they ever heard from Evie. Christina contacted all of Evie's friends with whom she had a trip recently to Ireland, but they also said no, unknown about her whereabouts. Finally, on Thursday, 6th September, Three days after Evie did not return home, Christina filed a police report for her disappearance in Florence. She described Evie as a normal built 19-year-old girl who had light brown hair and blue-gray eyes with a height of 5 feet and 9 inches. Christina searched the suitcase that Evie brought with her thoroughly to find out what clothes she was wearing, which might help in any kind of search. By this time, Evie's parents were now in Florence and were helping Christina generate awareness about her disappearance by distributing posters and reaching out to press in order to publish her details so that news would spread all across the country. They also reached out to an Italian television program named He Ella Vaisto, which has been broadcasting such cases on TV since 1989. By now, the news was all over the country. and more people were aware of her disappearance but they never received any kinds of clues or tips from anyone irrespective of the mode they used to spread the information we know that ev visited florence to meet her sister and the police report also stated that ev went missing from florence so it should be clear that the family expected her to be in florence or not further than siena since that was what ev told her sister and the family was certain that she had to be in italy right not really somewhere far in an entirely different country they found someone with very similar features on 4th september one day after she left florence in porto a city in spain on 4th september at 8:30 in the morning police found the body of a young girl hanging from a pine tree near a cemetery in Porto, Spain. Before 8:30, a bunch of people had passed the area and the tree, but reported not seeing a body then. That could mean that whatever happened to the body, it happened in the early hours of 4th September. Around the crime scene, police found six Austrian young adults camping only 50 meters away. Police interviewed the Austrians, who claimed that they never heard any sound. or saw anyone there from what little i could find there was no information which stated that the police found any kind of identification from her body the police reported her as someone who has a strong and fair complexion a round face with medium length hair blue eyes about 5 foot and 9 inches tall they inspected her clothes to see whether they had dragged her but there were no stains dust or sand attached to her clothes 
nor did she have any kind of small cuts from being dragged. Forensics also noted that she had no defensive wounds on her body as well. The police found the body completely clothed but without shoes. Immediately, they began searching for any leads from her clothing, and it wasn't long before they found their first clue from her jeans. The brand H&M specifically made the jeans she was wearing, and in the 1990s, H&M was only available in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, UK, Switzerland, and Germany. Since the search to find her exact location was massive, this lead ended as soon as it began. According to the coroner Rogelio Lacasi, he declared she had no marks on her arms or legs, which would denote that she climbed the tree herself. She had no spikes stuck in her feet, despite the area having a lot of cacti, which were difficult to maneuver. The examiner also mentioned that based on her features. she could be from northern part of europe and along with it there were no signs on the body which would have mentioned a sexual assault or rape due to hanging she suffered from cervical fracture or a broken neck but other than that her body had no scars or injuries at all thus far the police had not identified the body and the initial report mentioned her death as suicide and because the death was ruled as a suicide rather than homicide they never conducted an autopsy or a toxicology analysis they did however take note of her fingerprints and dental records at the other end the police were reaching out to various hotels and residents living near the crime scene and showed them evs photographs which could help identify her but to no avail With the number of photographs and fingerprints they had collected, the police distributed her details to Interpol and cross-checked her details with police database all over Europe. But the entire search resulted with zero leads, and soon this process also turned into a dead end. Five months after they found the unidentified body, the Spanish police decided to bury the body since no one had came forward to claim her. or provide enough information in order to find out who she was and with this the case came to a standstill but this is not where her story ends in 2001 the police asked for permission to collect dna samples which might help identify the victim and a judge approved this request unfortunately the authorities discovered that the body which was named as the bride in the reports due to her impeccable appearance had been thrown into a mass grave and her burial site was never mentioned in the reports that made it difficult for the authorities to find her for the dna sample and that ultimately led to no further developments i did not find any reports which indicate that the police were able to find the body from the mass grave or the initial report of her being in one were wrong But nonetheless, in 2015, almost 14 years after the first attempt to identify the body, the Spanish police decided to use social media as their last hope. They shared the photos of the unidentified body on Twitter, so that more and more people were now aware of the case worldwide. But no one ever reached out here as well. After exhausting all their leads, 
they decided to resubmit their request for collection of DNA samples. Since it had been 25 years when they found the unidentified body, science had evolved to a large extent, and so had the technology, which could help victims in such cases. But that's it. Because of the interference of the judicial administration system, they did not take the request forward, and the process just stopped there. Christina and her parents spent years searching, trying to find an answer, an explanation to what could have led to Evie's disappearance. I mean, how does one just vanish from the face of the earth? Assume that somebody similar to Evie, a 19-year-old girl, goes missing in this era. She might have carried cash and cards for payment and would have had a cell phone with her, an electronic beacon which might help police create a timeline of a location when she went missing. But since this was the 90s, it was difficult to do any of that. She carried cash, had paper-based identification cards and had no means of contacting someone in case things went wrong. Since her information was readily available to the public, a German retired police officer came across her case via newspapers and thought that the unidentified girl might be from Austria by looking at her photos and judging by her appearance. So, he decided to contact an Austrian show which focused on telecasting such cases. The program called Cold Case Austria conducted their research, gathered interviews with police officers who worked on the case, and then aired it on 23rd April 2022. Now, talk about fate. After 32 years of this unidentified body, a woman from Vienna saw the episode and identified the girl from the campaign run by her parents back in 1990. She somehow remembered the face of the girl and quickly contacted the show, which found Christina, her sister, on social media. And finally, after searching and searching and trying to find answers, Evie was found. Christina identified Evie by looking at the crime scene photographs and concluded that she was her sister who went missing on 3rd September 1990. And both the sisters were finally reunited in 2022. Now that we have a definitive identity of the unidentified victim, the police and family got together to find out what happened to Evie. We know who she is, but we still don't know who did this to her. For instance, the body which was found hanging from the tree was facing the trunk of the tree rather than being against the tree. And this raised questions. Her body was also raised 40 centimeters above the ground, but they never found anything which could have helped Evie climb the tree nor did she do it with her hands or feet, since it was concluded by the examiner that there were no scrapes or any kind of injuries found on her hands or feet. Now, since the statute of limitations in Spain is only 30 years, the case will forever be considered a suicide rather than a homicide. And it's so infuriating because there are so many raised flags which clearly indicate that Evie's death was a homicide. As I mentioned before, there were no sand or any cuts on her feet. 
which was weird since the area had a lot of cacti and that would have scraped her skin somewhere if she walked towards the tree. But her skin was neat and clean. The knot which was used to make a loop in the rope was very professional and not done in a haphazard manner, which again raised questions and suggested that she might not have done it. The coroner, Rogelio Lacassi, agreed that Evie died from a cervical fracture by hanging on the rope. But now, after 32 years, he changed his statement, saying that it would be impossible for Evie to die by hanging from a rope. But his statements were not really accepted by other forensic experts. During the episode telecast, the team interviewed a 92-year-old woman who lived near the crime scene. She recalled the night and stated that she heard someone shouting and fighting on the night of the murder. But neither she went out to help nor she called the police because she was scared. She also mentioned that no one from the police authorities ever contacted her for investigation. The broadcast team also reached out to the Austrians who were camping near the crime scene. Out of six, one of them answered the call and was very annoyed with all the interview questions that were thrown at him. Christina stated that she didn't imagine the Austrians would have ever done this to her sister. She knew Evie could identify danger and would not have stayed there if she knew it could cause her harm. So far, this is the timeline that the police have identified. By the time Evie left her sister's apartment in Florence, in the next 20 hours, Evie was found hanging from a tree in Porthmo in Spain. Evie might have taken a train on 3rd September, which left Florence in the afternoon and then arrived in Porthmo on 4th September at 5.45 am, which was close to the time of her death. But this still does not answer another tons of questions. She told her sister that she would be visiting Siena, which was only an hour away. She never packed anything or carried anything, which would denote that she planned to stay not for more than a day, but rather than traveling for an hour, she somehow decided to travel for 12 hours and get to the exact opposite side of the country, crossing the border and reaching Spain, which she never planned on doing in the first place. She might have befriended someone at the train station and changed her entire plan. But again, that person was never found. And this was just the theory. The police never had any information regarding the journey that the Austrians were on. Did Evie and the Austrians meet each other in Florence? Did they manipulate her into joining them for a trip, took advantage of her and then hung her right next to their campsites? We would never know. As of March 2023, Italy might reopen the case and tried to find the people responsible for killing Evie. But as of now, this is all we know so far. Evie was reunited with her family after a long wait of 32 years. And her family is glad they had a chance to say goodbye to Evie for one last time. But in terms of knowing what really happened to her, her family might never be able to answer that question.
want to listen to more such cases, be sure to subscribe to Shades of Macabre wherever you are listening. You can find the images related to the cases covered on the podcast on our Instagram at Shades of Macabre. Follow us on social media to receive updates on other episodes and let us know if there is a case you want us to cover. Shades of Macabre will be back next week. Till then, take care and be safe.